Welcome to Zephyr Yoga Inspiration. I offer these podcasts for free, and your support really does make a difference and is appreciated. To make a donation, please click the link in the episode description or visit ZephyrYoga.com. We have started our exploration around the kleshas. And as we experienced in the previous series of working with the rasas, the essence of emotions, that we woke up to how impactful being uncomfortable in our uncomfortable emotions, how it makes us feel in practice, and how we practice withdrawing the more comfortable emotions in, leading us towards this calmness, this serenity, and ability to rest in quietude or stillness, the goal of yoga, according to the Yoga Sutras, which is this narodaha, physical stillness, energetic stillness, and mental emotional stillness in which we can be fully absorbed in attaining the state of yoga. As we practice yoga, we attain the state of yoga. So that's a lot of the teaching reduced into a small experience. But the idea is, is when we are practicing, we come up against these mental emotional afflictions, obstructions, and the causes of why we continue to suffer in this cyclical cycle of our own egotism, our attachment, our aversion, and fear that keeps on coming up. And what we're working on this week is looking at the first klesha, which is called avidya. It's this lack of awareness or understanding. It's our own ignorance uh, or clouded judgment or clouded perception, a misapprehension. We're not seeing life through a clear lens. And when we're trapped in that ignorance, egotism, attachment, aversion, and fear can kind of continue to um, react to life and motivate our actions, our emotions, and our thoughts. So with avidya, our yoga practice is designed to open the veil, like a, a curtain. We open the veil of ignorance that clouds our perceptions and we see through the mind, the energy body and the physical body, the truth of what is being experienced. So Gorg Forstein, who was a scholar as well as a, a practitioner, he's written tons of books, but in one of his books, I, I read that he, he described yoga is yoga is the art and spiritual science of disciplining the body, mind, and breath. And so there's an artistic expression of all these emotions that we we have, and all the bhava, the feelings of those emotions, all of our life experience. And as we breathe and move, what happens is our body remembers, our body holds memory, our body holds these impressions, we call them samskaras. And as we breathe and move, all of a sudden they percolate up, unconscious or conscious, percolates up to our field of vision. And we see what is kind of, you know, coming up and we move in a way in which we artistically express whatever is going on for us. You know, as you've probably experienced, when you're sad, your physical practice feels very heavy and slow. When you're angry, it's really forceful and aggressive. When you feel resentful, there is this kind of grip and this kind of distraction that keeps looping over a narrative or a story. When we're afraid, how your body responds. So we start to acknowledge, you know, these uncomfortable emotions 
and actually bring in when we are noticing them, as we did in the last series, bringing in more courage, more love, more wonderment, more joy. And hopefully by the end of the practice, we experience that calmness as we discipline our physical body, as we discipline our mind at, through the movement of the breath. So this idea of yoga, this yoking, this union is of the mind and body having this intimate relationship. And yogis figured out if you follow the breath, the breath will guide the mind back home to its body. And hopefully in that we open the veil so we can see what is between us and being present right now. Now you as the yogi, there's a term in, in Sanskrit called the adhikara. Adhikara means a competent student. The student in which a seeker's journey through this material, energetic, and conscious realm, we seek a deeper understanding and respect of uh, respect what is being shown, what is being studied, and what is being practiced. And you practice this in all of your affairs. You as the adhikara don't even you don't just practice yoga on your mat. You practice in your whole life. And we all know that this thing called being human is very very hard. But so it takes practice being a human being because <laughs> we get lost in being a human doing. So. In Yoga Sutra 120, it states that we have as yogis five virtues or attributes, these essential ingredients to being the yogi, and they're always there with you. We just need to wake up to them, you know. Avidya is ignorance, vidya is knowledge, yeah. So yoga is the cultivation of self-awareness, um, mastering our ability to have self-knowledge. So. You, as the yogi, have shraddha, the sense of faith and trust that whatever happens in your life, it's going to be okay. And it, whatever is happening is of service to you, to get you to practice, get you to learn and inquire so you can um, experience this knowledge through the life circumstances and hopefully experience wisdom. The second virtue you have is vira, which is this courage, this bravery, this strength and stamina to persevere through life's greatest challenging, trusting that you're gonna be okay. The third thing you as the yogi have is shmurti, that which is remembered. The, a strong memory of going, actually this tool, this technique is best for this situation. So you have the ability to recall immediately to make better choices to actually bravely face what is going on and have faith and trust that it's going to be okay. The next one, the fourth one, is samadhi, which is that you really are present in anything you go through. You're physically, energetically, and mentally absorbed in each moment. If it's really challenging and it's stressful, you bring your whole self instead of disassociating, running away, you know, all this kind of stuff that we do to avoid dealing with you know what is ours to experience you as the yogi remember certain tools techniques remember what's most important to you you bravely face whatever is going on having faith and trust but you are physically energetically and mentally present for whatever is being experienced 
The last one is prajna, which is this light of consciousness, the direct insight, the light of knowledge that lights your eyes, that lights your cognition, that lights your heart, that lights your experience of consciousness and body. So this prajna, this light of intelligence that you are physically, energetically, and mentally here, that you remember what matters to you most, that intention of actually what is your deeper purpose and that you bravely face whatever is having faith and trust this is meant to be. So those are the five virtues. And you as the adhikara, you as the yogi, you actually try to make uncomfortable things happen in your yoga practice to best use and refine these tools and techniques so you can master them on your mat so you can go out in your real life and actually try to figure out how to do it in your real life. So there is this experience in Yoga Sutra 233. It's called Pratipaksha Bhavana. And it's cultivating the opposite. So, you know, a positive thought every time a negative thought enters. A change of perspective of seeing things from the other side. So it's it's not bypassing this human experience, but it's having the, the courage to turn your own ignorance when you catch yourself lost in thought or avoiding, um, distracted or attaching aversion or fear, and then turn it into sincere gratitude, trust and forgiveness in practice. So it, like I said, it's not this kind of bypassing of like, oh, there's negativity, all I need is a hashtag gratitude response or some hyper positive you know message it's not that but what you are doing is actually welcoming that uncomfortable that unpleasant the discontentment you know your fear your resentment your anger your sadness and all those stories that come up and you see it as a teacher and you go instead of going why me why me which is our negative kind of limited ego, the smallness of our ego, your expansive, healthy ego goes, why not me? And Laura and I were talking about this yesterday, which was, <laughs> I'm glad you're here. And that, that sense that, you know, there's that Pratipaksha Bhavana is actually embracing whatever is going on and trying to go, okay, yeah, there's resistance. Oh, I'm, I'm craving something more pleasurable because I don't want to deal with this. I'm afraid. Oh, my ego reduces me as this is, this is who I am. See, I'm not enough as I am. But what we're trying to do is start to address avidya, the clouds that distort our vision. And that when we actually pull that veil, we start to see that we get all distorted. We see impermanence as permanent. We see our misery as happiness that we get all distorted in thinking that this is unchangeable. And well, when we reveal that, that, that veil, we start to see that, ah, oh, the truth of impermanence, that everything has a beginning, middle and end. This thought,